This is the Rad Mars Podcast, episode 49. I'm Andrew Ford. And I'm Brendan Trombley. I'm Trevor Williams. And Roush is back. I'm always here in the shadows. <laughs> Watching or not. Waiting. <laughs> I'm like Batman. Wait, you're saying you're about you were you got you weren't you were here last week, right? Was I here last week? I don't even know. <laughs> Who knows anymore? Was I? I guess I was here last week. I don't know. There was a couple of weeks before that that was off, so maybe yes. it's I, mm. I also feel like I'm Batman, if only Batman, you know, played video games instead of fighting crime yeah. late night. And have you extremely wealthy. Oh, I'm not that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. So I was playing uh Disco Elysium recently. I just picked it up. My buddy Rob's been talking about that game for a hundred years. Uh, he's but just recently they came out with the director's cut that has full voice acting for the whole game. That's and ringing a bell. What kind of game is it? So it's an RPG, but not an RPG. It's like a more like a point and click adventure game where you have a whole bunch of RPG stats, but the RPG stats are like detective stuff. Like your character oh. is like a weird detective, and you wake up after presumably several days of binge drinking and you have amnesia. And you basically lost everything and cannot remember a single thing about yourself. And you have to solve a crime. Just, okay. <laughs> and like a, a crime fighter. Yeah. It, it seems to be like a, a weird dystopian, like, sort of maybe French 1950s, 60s weird era. Uh, your character is like a horrible nihilistic drunk. <laughs> can't remember anything and the dialogue is exceptionally well written it is a real treat to mm. to figure out what's going on oh and you also have like conversations with yourself in your head and you can put points into his stats that'll like your your little internal voice has like a whole bunch of different facets to it and like based on how high that stat is like when you're talking to somebody your little internal voice will pipe in and like have little tidbits to help you out wow that's neat. um it's very psychedelic and weird and wild, and the art is pretty, and the dialogue is extremely funny and bleak. <laughs> Good black comedy. I picked up a new game recently, too, uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Yeah. I haven't played a Monster Hunter game really since Try, which was the Wii one. Oh, wow. Like, Roush, when we were roommates, I was playing a lot of that game. Hell yeah. Yep. And In fact, as I watched you play that, I picked it up on the PSP. Um, and I was like, oh, oh let, me, yeah. let me check this game out. And that was the first time I ever, ever got hooked on Monster Hunter. I've never played any of them, but I had a friend that really was uh, espousing the virtues of Monster Hunter World. Yeah, yeah. World They're is pretty excellent. perfect one for a beginner to get into. Yeah. This new one is also, I would say, more beginner-friendly, although I think it, it, it they definitely casualified it slightly, but not like to an extreme degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they added a bunch more shit. So it's just like, it is very, the epitome of needlessly complex, that series of games. Yeah. Um, but it's part of the charm, I guess. There's like so many lots of, so many like little strategies that you can use and different ways to like load out all of your stuff. So like you have like a set of equipment, you have a weapon, you have a cat and a dog or two cats or two dogs, I guess. I think you can change out your buddies and like they have their own equipment sets and skill sets and like AI and stuff like that. So like, there are many, many, many things to customize in the way that you've, you you even just load yourself out. And then there's mo- mo- many ways to even fight a monster. You know, you can like lay traps or uh, wait for it to go to sleep and put a bomb on its head or like a bunch of like weird, weird things yeah. you can do. You can put down a poison meat and they'll eat it. Or you can um, pick up some poop and turn it into a throwing weapon and throw poop at them. 
Make him run away. I figured that'd be your favorite part of the game. Yeah, there's a lot of poop. Pick it up. <laughs> Make a dung bomb out of it. Monsters are fully like um attack like like hitboxes hitboxes with all of their different body parts. And mm-hmm. you can like bust up each bo- individual body part. Um either to like cripple the monster a little in some way or another or like just to get extra rewards. So it's like a lot of fun trying to trying to hit its head until the head breaks and then hit its arms or its wings and cut off its tail and yeah. Then you carve up all the parts and turn them into more better weapons and armor. And that's like the gameplay loop. Very addictive. That's that's how they get you too, because you're like, oh man, if I only had one more monster tail, then I could make my cool chest plate. But you're like, oh man, now I gotta get a, a sharp bladed weapon because my spear is not really good at cutting off tails. So let me try mm-hmm. to make a great sword. And oh, what's going on with great swords? That's really cool. So now let oh, me try yeah. to chop off this giant dragon's tail. So then you do, and he got a tail, and you're like, oh man, well. His head's really armored, so maybe I should try something like a hammer to, to bust his head up so I can get the, the crown piece from my other sword. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you get caught up in that, and it's yep. great. And each uh, weapon type yeah. is basically a class unto itself. Yeah. You got like different movesets, different niches. Like a Tekken level fucking moveset going on. We've talked not, about not this quite before. Tekken but... level. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about this before, but I picked up. Um... Uh, control based on the recommendation of others from the previous episodes. Sweet. And when you're talking about that crafting system, it brings me immediately to mind of the control crafting system. I'm like, okay, you get lots of items that are just like completely generic phrases and whatnot. You combine them together to unlock things and you get all sorts of other things that are kind of pointless. And yeah, I I definitely agree with the assessment that the crafting system feels tacked on to not really necessary. Mm. Um, So it's just like uh, seeing how Hearing about a game where it's well integrated and sounds like fun and part of the core gameplay loop as opposed to something which just could be excised from the game without really sort of losing anything is, you know, yeah, it's interesting to think about. Well, they do a good job with the menus of like, you're, you know, three menu levels deep and you're like looking at all this cool stuff and you spend a lot of time in town thinking about things and trying to plan out what you're going to do next. And then the whole time you're in the field, you're fighting a cool monster and you get a whole bunch of cool stuff. So it like really has a good feedback system of like you're always kind of like, oh, I want this and I want this and I let me go do that. Let me go to that. It like feeds it's a good feedback loop. Yeah, definitely. Yep. The one of the first missions I did, I did because this game has a shit ton of tutorials. Then I go into this mission to hunt a monster and it's like kicking my ass. And like I'm playing a weapon that I played like in the previous version. So I have like many hours into like this particular weapon type. I know all the combos in and out, doing everything right. Every time the monster hits me, it chunks me down like half my health. You know, I faint multiple times. I run out of time the first try. Uh, I go back in and I kill it with like five minutes left. Um, and then I realized I had actually gone into a multiplayer mission, not the first mission you're supposed to play as a single player mission. So I went and soloed <laughs> a monster that was meant in in the starter gear, in literally the, the gear that you start the game with. <laughs> um, I still won. I felt kind of proud of myself, actually. I was like, oh, I mean, I don't suck at this game. Yeah, well, it's exceptional. Well, especially because, you know, those guys are big and strong and hard and meant for four people <laughs> or yes. multiple people, I guess. I think they did actually tweak the scaling somehow in this version. Like it used to be that the multiplayer stuff was like always meant for four player, but I think they scale the HP now based on how many don't, players there Don't are. take this away from me. It's still a lot harder than the single player though. So <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> so actually it's completely identical to if you were doing single player content. No, the single player content <laughs> is definitely easier. Um the, the multiplayer stuff is harder, regardless of the scaling. Uh, yeah, I've I've heard people describe it as like village, which is like the single player only stuff is like 
that you play that whole thing that's like the tutorial and then the multiplayer is the, is the real game yeah 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 because yeah. I mean, like in the multiplayer i think is only when like because there's like environmental effects you have to actually like make sure your character doesn't like freeze to death and a bunch of other stuff going on right mm-hmm. they at least think they did. took that out in this game oh, it's just gone i think now. hot i think hot and cold drinks are gone oh really oh well yeah, oh, i well. guess you're right i didn't really notice that anymore because usually they'll like give you like one which isn't enough but like in a little box <laughs> Yeah. But like the multiplayer is the harder stuff they just stop giving you the animal whatever. I don't know. Yeah. There's Monster Hunter could be like a whole a whole topic, man. <laughs> Monster Hunter. Well we could talk about Monster Hunter for a hundred years, so I could talk about Monster Hunter. Great game. Well, I thought we could uh uh talk today about um the elements. Is this sort of sometimes these days I just <laughs> it's like a word and then like how can I turn that into a topic? Um no, but like elements uh it's such a cool, interesting um like idea in, in in especially for like what we talk about on this podcast because we kind of toe the line between various topics and elements is actually one that kind of bridges lots of different topics that we talk about like so the, the elements are are a scientific thing you know like we have like our table of elements that we know and love today but then the history of of what we used to think of elements has changed and evolved a lot and like it used to be sort of a philosophical thing and uh game design and games have elemental systems and they usually uh they're usually like uh related to the like the past historical versions of them and you know, it's like a whole a whole weird lineage of, of of history and game design and science all kind of put into one interesting topic so just to do some really nerdy etymology or something element element the word element kind of means something that can't be broken down at all anymore right yeah i, I think i believe uh, that's correct. that's all that's what an atom is right yeah well it's the funny thing is that like Turn, like they, na- I feel like they named it that. It's like, yes, we're sure this thing cannot be broken down anymore. It's like, oops, there's quarks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was, but that we're still going to call them atoms well, and elements. <laughs> first off, it's like protons and neutrons, and they're like, oh shit, those can be broken down. Yeah, and like, okay. Well, hey, they're trying well, their best, man. But, but no, those are those <laughs> yeah. are it, right. That's this all. That's all there is, right? Atmos. Protons, protons, neutrons, well, electrons. That's it. No, that's wait until we get quantum gravity, wrong. and it's then different. I'm sure we'll have some other stuff. Yeah, I mean. It's actually sort of an interesting topic of philosophy in that um, I'm sure there's some fancy word for it, but the core idea is that you shouldn't confuse the model you have for the world around you with the actual world around you. Like physics Hmm. and whatnot, it's never correct per se. It's just an increasingly accurate model that describes the world around us, but doesn't necessarily encapsulate what's happening. Actually, it doesn't encapsulate what's happening in the world around us. Right. Right, Like picturing them as like little ping pong balls stuck together right. and whizzing around each other makes yeah, sense for yeah. our brains but that's not what they really are yeah and that's one of the reasons why i struggled a lot with quantum mechanics in college and whatnot because it's like up until that point in my physics career everything was nice it was like balls rolling down ramps and you could get some sort of physical intuition for it yeah but as soon as you get to like quantum mechanics and like you know really small and whatnot that sort of intuition breaks down and is kind of actively harmful whereas the sort of like purely mathematical models of quantum mechanics and whatnot are uh not intuitive, but they're very accurate. Yeah. But to break away from being sort of super modern, one of the things I thought was really interesting about really older versions of like, you know, these elements and atoms and what people thought like, you know, composed things. I remembered reading about one particular model where somebody thought that like a teapot was made out of like lots of tiny, tiny, tiny little teapots. Um, <laughs> and, you know, what exactly happens when that teapot breaks to all those tiny little teapots? That's not entirely clear, but, you know, it was sort of a, a weird little recursive view of the world. 
You mean when you break a teapot in half, it doesn't turn into two tiny identical or like half size identical teapots? Oh, maybe it I've does. I don't to. know. Everything is slime. So I wouldn't know. How would it know? How would you know? Mm-hmm. Have you ever broken a teapot? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I not a metal one. one. I never broke my no teapots. Mi- what is a teapot, though? If it can mm-hmm. hold tea. A miserable so, pile of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We are really getting into some like really like philosophy one hundred and one like Aristotle type stuff, right? Like uh, not just not just about what things are made out of, but also like yeah, the ideal like what's the Platonic ideal of a teapot? Right? Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah. Or <laughs> what makes it, what's the essence of teapot? Mm. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hop over quick to the world of forms and, and check out the ideal teapot, and then I'll tell you yeah. what it's like. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that's actually the, the the whole like Greek philosophers is one of the starting places of this whole like journey of the elements, because like there was no science back then. There were only philosophers. I don't even know if they called them philosophers yet, but like the people who thought stuff, and and the Greeks were some of the first people to do thinking. They thought about things. Mm-hmm. They came in to the some really in the gym. They were in the gym. Yeah, gymnasium. They were working in the gym, so they were like like spotting each other on the bench press and then also thinking about like the nature of the universe. I think so. Yeah. All right. Cool. I don't think they had a bench press back there, but they were, they were working out. They were lifting marble small. pillars. Yeah. It's actually <laughs> like sculpting each other weird, uh, in marble is like, like in ancient, like Greek history. So there's like a whole lot of like, um, like there's this weird culture about like the beauty of, of the male body. And like a whole bunch of like really weird like old man young boy relationships going on that was like not great. <laughs> I don't know. It's bizarre. You see it like a, a lot of like stuff on on like pottery and art and stuff is all like just like talking about how beautiful these boys are. And it's like oh, hmm, what's going on with that? What's going on with that ancient Greeks? <laughs> you're you're looking at it through a uniquely modern American lens. Mm-hmm. Cultural bigot. Cultural. <laughs> cultural something or other yeah that's what i'm talking about well, on the other hand looking at all the sort of modern news stories and you know sort of entertainment and whatnot uh like the people in entertainment you know that that's those sorts of ideas apparently haven't faded away as much as we would have liked them to mm. yeah, not so much anyways back to the <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> back to the thinking about stuff mm-hmm. um so they used that one thing they were, of course were thinking about was just like what is the nature of the universe? What are things made out of? And I'm not really 100 percent sure why it got here, but they, that's these are this is where like the the four classical elements came from: earth, fire, water, and air. And they thought that everything in, that they that you could touch and see it all matter and whatever was made up of like some combination of those four basic elements. So like I guess you could probably just look around and be like, well, yeah, look, there's some mud. It's earth and water. Great. Here's some dust clouds. It's earth and air and things that are alive are a combination of all four because it's like we're we breathe air and our bodies are like from the earth i guess and we're water bags and the fire is like the fire of life or something crazy like that mm. you got you have a literal fire inside you something like when that. when you get stabbed that's... it gets hot goes out <laughs> <laughs> i should yeah, be stabbing. A that, that would be great to like transport me back in time to some ancient greek whatever you know, just be like spouting nonsense and be like, oh, you sage wisdom. <laughs> yeah, it would be nonsense because you'd be speaking English. And they yeah, they're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and they'd just be like, spanakopada. <laughs> spanakopada. <laughs> it's the only Greek word I know. <laughs> yeah. 
sure you know a lot um, of Greek. I don't know. I oh, guess I know a lot of foods. Yeah. I know some other foods. <laughs> mm, but I know uh, they say opa when they set cheese on fire. Cheese? Opa. Yeah. There's a Greek restaurant uh, near where I grew up, and we'd go down there periodically, and you know, we'd order some sort of cheese. And basically, like, there's, like, alcohol on top of it or something like that. And they'd let it on fire, and, like, flames would go up to the ceiling. And they'd say, opa! It was good cheese. <laughs> nice. nice. Put it on some bread. Yum. I'd eat that. I'd really eat... using the, the elements of fire there. Yeah. And, whatever, and whatever elements cheese is made out of. Yeah. Cheese is made out. It's another element. It's five elements, actually. Cheese, <laughs> cheese is one of those things that you can subdivide, and you still get cheese. True. True. Cheese is an element. Mm. Atmos. QED. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting how much those like four classical elements have endured with us and mostly in sort of like fantasy and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting that it's those, that one specifically, I guess it's because uh, American and European culture sort of in a lot of ways stems from Greek culture, but it's not the only elemental system that was like invented by ancient people. Do you guys know about the Chinese element system? No. It has five elements. Uh, they are fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. Mm. Isn't that kind of wild? Wow. Wood. Yeah. Like metal and mm -hmm. wood. Like metal is kind of like, maybe. But mm -hmm. yeah, and then you get wood. It's just sort of like, you think that's an element? Like you think that's, a, that's like a basic fundamental. I mean, maybe, maybe they have a different, you know, I guess once again, I'm maybe projecting <laughs> a, a more Western viewpoint on it. But, yeah. Uh, Maybe their context yeah. was different. Like, you know, oh, it's a, that's what you make stuff out of. That's what it sounds like. What were the elements again? Metal, wood. Uh, yeah, metal, wood, earth, fire, water. Earth, fire, water. So that sounds like a very practical. Earth. Like, these are, this is all the stuff that you make things out of, right? Yeah. Like, actually, a, it's true. an ancient it's true. person would make stuff using all of that stuff, right? Like, right, right. Hmm. So the ones that are missing, what is it air? And what was the other one? I mean, it's just, it's just missing air from the Greek, the classic Greek one. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. you still have earth, fire, and water. How do you make souffles? <laughs> they didn't uh, make the souffle. They didn't have that. They didn't invent well, it. Yeah. yeah. No, actually, a, they I had a rice and a cake and a rice cake and a soup. I do believe, though, that that metal was supposed to be also kind of like air. Uh, I, I I learned that one recently. Hmm. I don't know why, but they're they're like related. I can imagine like lightning being sort of related. It's like, yeah, see how the metal attracts the lightning from the air, like. Or maybe yeah, it's like it's a... like before there was like actual real mining. Most metal came from meteorites. Like ancient cultures, like a lot of their iron came from sky steel. You know, like actual crashed meteorites because they're not going to be able to dig into the earth without like substantial amount of civilization and power and energy and tools. Yeah, and it's not just digging into the earth, it's also refining it yeah. and sort of separating the iron from the other stuff. Whereas, you know, meteorites, bam, look at all this iron yeah. right here, ready to go. Like a, bam. A whole bunch of iron. Sweet. Take it. Hammer it. Then you get a cool sword like Sokka. Mm-hmm. I want a space it, it's sword. Not, <laughs> it's not exactly the same as an elemental system, but there was other sort of like weird systems of categorization from the ancient world and... One of my favorites that sort of inspires terror in me was the humors um, in terms of like human health, that like all illness was caused by an imbalance of the humors and the humors were like bile, blood, um, oh, yeah. I need to look up the other ones. But this is sort of like the basic Bones. system that gave rise to like the idea of leeching people because, you know, their 
blood humor is too high or you know bloodletting is a sort of like cure yeah so it's like horrific nonsense <laughs> yes yeah. you have to wonder where that even came from in the first place that like really seems like somebody just made that up <laughs> yeah like what physical basis and is ran with like, it yeah it's like this person too much blood let out some of that blood <laughs> the blood's better. gone bad <laughs> and i mean like the those ideas persisted for so long like at they were doing bloodletting of early presidents that like would have otherwise survived assassination attempts and whatnot. I think George Washington died because they're like, you've got a, you've got a, you've got a flu. You've got a cough. That's an excess of blood. All right, let's cut him up. Wait, you died. <laughs> shit. Guess the flu, the flu got him. Too bad. Well, shit. It was real bad. Yeah. yeah, man. That reminds me of another anecdote that uh, my buddy was reading about. Like one of the first times they ever tried blood transfusions. They tried to put a cat's blood inside of a man. <laughs> and like the like account of it is like he turned the color of ash and then died. <laughs> like, oh boy. I mean that's at least understandable, right? It's like yeah. blood. I mean blood. It's who the same knows? Blood. Like if you like you just look at blood if like if we didn't have science education, even mm-hmm. us now would be like, Oh, blood looks like blood. Blood's the same. Oh, oh wait. And they tried it a bunch wait, more this... times and like obviously it didn't work because of blood types, but sometimes it did work. So they gave up on it for a real long time before they figured out. How to make blood transfusions work. <laughs> also, this is apparently great because uh, I didn't realize it, but there were four basic humors and they have a one-to-one correspondence with the sort of Greek elements. So there's blood, which is obviously associated with air. What? There's yellow bile, uh. which is obviously associated with fire. Mm. There's black bile, which is obviously associated with earth. <laughs> and then bile. phlegm, which anybody who's reasonable would associate with water. Mm black bile so like if you have black bile does that mean you're like really dead like black oh, it comes from the gallbladder you know oh geez it's it's related temperament is melancholic mm. so if you're t- if you if you're struck with melancholy you need to you know lose some of that black bile though i don't know exactly how they go about doing that are they gonna like cut into your stomach and like take out your spleen i guess it wasn't probably that-, that literal maybe it was though i don't know or i mean gallbladder rather Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's important you don't get confused here, like I just did. Spleen is the source of yellow bile, so you know. And if you screw that up, or if your surgeon screws that up, you might have malpractice suit on your hands. Mm. Ancient malpractice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. It must have been good to be a shaman back then. If it didn't work, you'd be like, oh, did fucking... did, it was the fucking. The spirits. The spirits. <laughs> they screwed it up, yeah, man. I'm sorry. I did my Roll best. The gods. <laughs> You were just too full of sin. You, you guys didn't it. pray hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> Not enough thoughts and prayers. Yeah. <laughs> Give me three likes on Facebook. So I'm looking up some other like ancient uh, systems. Um, earth, fire, air, and water is actually pretty widespread. So I guess, I don't know if it started with the Greeks or, or what. Although I see that uh, ancient India, both in, sorry, ancient India Hinduism, and then also ancient Tibet, both add like void or like an ether type thing to the mix. Ooh. So it's a fifth element. So it's kind of like earth, fire, water, air, and then like, you know, spiritness of some kind. I think that's kind of cool. Ooh. It's like introducing the zero, which was a revolutionary mathematical concept. Yeah. Also, just as another sort of weird, interesting side note, uh, one of the perennial questions in chemistry was like, actually, there are two of them. First off is whether or not there was actually anything around you or if around you was just void because, you know, you didn't know like atmosphere and things like that. And so like air or absence of air, like, what is that? I don't know. Um, and the other thing is like what temperature was and, mm-hmm. oh yeah, like 
the first one was that like, yeah, there's like an ether in the space. I think that was actually the term for like the thing that occupies the void as opposed to the absence of things. Yeah. Um, for a while, though, that's what they thought was like outside of the planet Earth. Right. Was like, yeah, that's like the stuff that's in between the stars is the ether. Yep. <laughs> but, vo but void, I mean, if you're instead of saying like instead of saying ether, if you say void, that's actually fairly accurate, right? A vacuum is like a void of, yeah, of no sorta. matter. Mm -hmm. and, like, and the second thing right. that they thought was in, that was interesting was that they thought temperature was a liquid. They called it like caloric. And so like there was the idea that this, you know, liquid caloric would transfer from one body to another when they touched each other. So, also, you know. weirdly, I kind of can see that one because when I think about thermodynamics a little bit, I kind of picture heat as a liquid like flowing outwards mm -hmm. from the heat source. Sure. Um, it's like a really useful way to, to picture it, actually. And so I think I, I that some it. basic mathematical models from like aerodynamics actually are sort of like the same for fluid flow and temperature transfer. So mm. there is actually, you know, like a lot of correspondence between them. And I'm definitely not going to blame the ancients for not realizing that what temperature is, is the, you know, vibration of individual molecules. Yeah. And I mean, like, in a lot of ways, a gas can behave a lot like a liquid. They're both the fluids. Stuff. Yeah. They both follow the laws of fluid dynamics. Yes. Yeah. Um, another, another, uh, thing, and I don't actually don't know where I, I learned this a long time ago, but I think it was a Nordic model of elements. Another, what they did is they had, I think four or five elements like earth, fire, water, whatever. I don't remember exactly what they were, but each one had a corresponding light and dark half or like a light and dark side. So like hmm. you kind of doubled the amount of elements. There's like the light, light fire and dark fire and light water and dark air, dark water. And that was kind of a neat idea too. So it kind of had this like good and evilness to it. I don't think it meant really good and evil, but light and dark, you know? Mm. So do you remember any sort of examples of what might be like a light versus dark thing? Like where they think of specific examples of things like ale is light water and whiskey is dark water or something. I don't know. Uh, it's I'm evil. It's dark water. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to look that up, but uh, if I can't find it, I'm sorry. Mm. Okay. I, I, I'm titillated by the idea, you know. It has cool. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, it was. I was looking it up for a like a, a game with an elemental system that I was try. I was like concepting out. Yeah, and I actually took took inspiration for that very bit. Um, so my 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 elemental system in that game does have its its like little circle of elements, but each each element can be light or dark, and basically it corresponds to healing and damage in my system. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. man, that's cool. I had a lot of fun coming up with elemental stuff for my my game, like coming up with like you know, earth stuff and, and spirit stuff and how they work together and having like kind of, kind of competing different like uh, elemental stuff going on, like the physical aspects were like, you know, the classic stuff like earth, fire, water, and um, I think wind I had kind of lightning and wind yep. are together in the same thing. But then you had the spiritual aspects of like life and death and spirit and mind uh, or soul and mind is what I went with. Um, but then you can kind of have some other like weird um, like Venn diagrams involving some of them of like chaos and order, you know, if you like kind of separate it out into like a bigger circle and like like laying them all out and having them kind of like somewhere like on the borders of others. And, you know, so your system has like 10 elements of different types and yeah. sources. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm picturing I'm picturing an ever expanding galaxy chakra thing of like crazy amounts of elements well yeah it's like the center circle is right is like uh the, the kind of physical reality right then you have the extended thing on, uh, outside of that which would be like life death soul and mind and 
and that kind of stuff. And then like on the outside of that is like chaos and order where like order is like, you know, these nice clear aspected things. And the outside of that is chaos. So that you could even have wow. like other little bubbles outside of that too, you know? So in your system, how do you make a souffle? How do you make a souffle? <laughs> chaos and order, baby. Yeah, yeah. Use a tiny say. whisk. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is this is the start of the Roushy cult. Get it on the ground floor. You know, yeah, you it. gotta get in there. It's great. Uh, really, Everyone it's just an a ceremonial to tiny have, whisk. Like, a whole bunch of different schools of magic that you put your points into. Hmm. <laughs> you gotta have a whole bunch because then it's a choice. But then you can also have hmm. cool stuff like magma. Magma bolt is like a hybrid, you know, fire earth spell. Um, so yeah. you have to have enough points in fire and earth. A lot of this stuff comes from crawl because crawl is so sick. Uh, Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup. I'll never stop talking about that yeah. game. That kind of reminds me of some things I like. That, uh, when you think about how you apply elemental systems into games, uh, I've seen like a couple paradigms, and I don't think I'm a huge fan of most of them that I've seen anymore. Like mm -hmm. as a kid being raised by them, you know, you get like the Pokemon mm -hmm. paradigm, yeah, which is like like a rock paper right? scissors it's, kind of thing. It's rock paper scissors with more things. Or you have like right? another like loop this, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this beats that, and this beats that. Final Fantasy's got it. I guess Japanese design uses it a lot, right? They they just love to do that, and like that was baked into my brain so hard that I have to like I'm realizing I need to deprogram myself from thinking about elements in that term and that term only. Mm -hmm. Um, that's one paradigm. Another one I've noticed, and that's going you just mentioned, Rashi, is like the combinations and the getting the creative combos. Yeah. But each one has to be like, as far as I've ever been able to tell, like pretty much manually designed. Yeah, you know. You don't really, it, it would be very difficult to make an organic system like that. Well, it's too bad because that's like what I, that's like a holy grail of like elemental systems that I wish yeah. were more possible. Well, I mean, given that the entire elemental systems from the beginning are sort of made up, like I, I don't think you're going to come up with some sort of like system that just works yeah. on its own face unless you're actually going into, you know, chemistry and physics. I and you end up with a very different elemental system that way. Well, there's a real fun, um, like free to play battle royale game that came out like a couple of years ago that's still going on maybe not a couple of years ago so i think it's fairly recent it's called Spellbreak, and the whole thing is oh, like yeah. it's a third person shooter and uh you're a wizard and you have um two different elements that you can equip in your hands as gauntlets and the combination thereof makes a lot of cool things so like you have your firepower which you know you shoot a little fireball you can make a firewall and and i think uh, those are the two main things you can do but like um if you have on your other hand a little uh an earth gauntlet you can do a rock slam on the ground and you can throw a big boulder at somebody um, but if you combine them then you get a whole bunch of cool stuff so like uh, what you can do is you can shoot your fireball at the ground and it makes a little burning patch of ground and then if you do your ground slam um such that the path of the ground slam goes through the little burning puddle it'll make a magma trail that'll do more damage or you Eat. can throw oh. your boulder through the firewall, and it'll be like a, a, a fire rock. But there's like a lot of other more complicated stuff. Like you have a poison element, which makes a big poison cloud. And if you hit that with the ice guy, then it makes a big frozen bubble. Or you have like this whirlwind tornado thing for the wind gauntlet. And if you shoot um, poison at it, it makes a poison cloud. Then if you shoot fire into that, it makes a huge explosion, you know. Um, lots of cool stuff. So are these like teammates so that you can have more than two elements? Yeah. Or... Um, okay. Most of the time, at least when I was playing it, you can have the, the maximum of three players in your team, so you're like all fighting. But everyone's got two different ones too. So, and would you say that? And I guess all of those combos were 
essentially manually oh you designed definitely by the, yeah i mean yeah, it, yeah. it like makes sense the way they work but like you definitely had to do it i guess as long as it makes sense that's cool yeah Going back to Pokemon, do you guys know all the different Pokemon matchups? Some of them make no, God, no. sense whatsoever. Well, originally it started making sense back in like Gen oh, yeah, 1. In the beginning where it's like, it oh, sense. you got plants and fire. Fire is good against yeah. plants. Fire beats the plant, yeah, really. right, And like the plants beat the water because plants eat water, I guess. But the water beats the fire. Oh, oh, we got rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, there you go. Obviously, <laughs> they got metal type. I don't know what metal. Metal seems like Steel, it would just yeah. break everything. Like, why, why wouldn't metal... One... One would think, but oh, uh, I guess fire water beats steel. Roads, I don't know, whatever. Nope. Yeah. The things that psychic. Yeah. Okay. This is where it gets weird, right? Because it's like <laughs> what there's like psychic type, dark type, fairy, dragon. Yeah. Uh, a couple, a couple of fighting. Um, and like, could you guess which ghost. which which one of those beats what? <laughs> yeah. What fighting? Yeah. Go, did what I say ghost? Yet? Beat? <laughs> yeah. Ghost. <laughs> fighting beats normal. So mm-hmm. normal is just like basic ass, like a rat, you know, like a ratata. It's that's mm-hmm. a normal Pokemon, and yeah. fighting types are punchy mans. Yeah. And I guess punchy mans can beat normal mans. Yeah, well, if you're a normal wow, person, it's like very mundane. And you're fighting a karate man. You're not going to make it out. He's going to destroy you. Like, <laughs> yeah, it makes yeah. Sense to are, are, nor- are normal mans good against anything? It's like you know, this an accountant type Pokemon, <laughs> and normal mans are okay against them. Yeah, well, like my Bidoof <laughs> is is bad against everything. I don't think Bidoof is good against a single type. The only thing normal really interacts with is ghost. And the thing with ghost and normal is that they both do half damage to each other. Oh. So it's like they're two worlds that can't t- kind of can't touch each other. <laughs> so a normal type good is good again about uh, is good at tanking against ghost. Essentially, it's about it. Mm-hmm. It's about all normals got going for it. Yeah. Um. So then you got like yeah. So then psychic beats fighting because I guess a psychic is gonna beat the punchy man because the punchy man don't got no good brains. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right, the yeah. the psychic one's going to predict exactly where the punches are going to land. So yeah, that's yeah, right. I did watch. They're going to bend a spoon to like yeah. land right in the way of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice Alakazam reference there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get and then you get Ghost and Dark both beat Psychic. So I guess Psychics can't handle things that are more supernatural than they are. I think Dark is supposed to be considered supernatural. Dark is a weird, weird type, and I don't know why it exists alongside Ghost. Right. Well, I mean, if you can't communicate with the dead, then it just doesn't matter, right? But if the know. ghost can talk to you and possess you, then you're just going to be vulnerable to that avenue of attack. It makes perfect sense I, to me. I guess so. Do you know what psychic does beat? What? Other psychics. So psychics have psychic battles with each other. Wow. And then psychics also beat poison. Shrug. I don't know why. It's probably because <laughs> game design mandates that it's just not a one-to-one ratio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just throw a dart at the board. Poison. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Some of the other ones, some of the other ones make a little bit of sense. So like fairy is like, you know, kind of magical mystery and therefore steel beats it because it's kind of like a silver bullet. It's kind of, kind of how I kind of picture it. Mm-hmm. I have to, I do, I have to invent all these like mnemonic devices so I can understand how to play Pokemon. Well, there's like a lot of like, like folklore to that though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like classical folklore fairies are like vulnerable to iron, like, like cold iron. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just like a thing. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just like Pokemon teaches you questionable science and mythology yeah. through its typing system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's in like the King Killer Chronicles, for example. Oh. Uh, Name of the Wind. Yeah, that series. Yeah, yeah. But I will. Files. I refuse to start reading that series unless they finish it. I think, I think I've said this a million times on this podcast. <laughs> that's why you should read Mail's End, Book of the Fallen. It's finished. <laughs> it's done. It's done. <laughs> Ten books and you're done. Ten. Is it really? Yeah, it's done. 
Nice. Uh, well, the, the whole story is done, but apparently the author just keeps making like weird side stuff that's in the same universe. That's cool. Which... Keep building your world as long as you've told like the story yeah, first. Go for yeah. it. It's well, done. Don't would, stop telling the story would... and then tell more stories about the hundreds of years preceding your main story. Yep, that's exactly what they're doing. George R. R. Fucking Martin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm under the impression that like with the King Killer, Killer Chronicles, I thought he had like rough drafts of all three books before he even published the first one. So I don't know. Who knows? Who, he's still been how many years since the, he's made, written the second book and not <laughs> the third? Many. Yeah. Authors. So what else does the King Curl Chronicles have as far as elemental systems? Oh, it doesn't. So it actually isn't specifically an elemental system. It's specifically uh, like the name. Somebody who knows the name of iron or is able to use it is very, you know, he can use it as a weapon against the Fey, basically. So mm -hmm. there is sort of like, you know, that sort of iron and Fey thing. But there's actually a lot of different sort of magical systems. Um, doesn't go into great detail about some of them specifically. I, I mean, so I know there's alchemy, there's naming, um, and there's like transference or something like that. Or, or I, I don't know what it is, but it's basically like you transfer heat from point A to point B or force from point A to point B or things like that. And I think there might be some other systems like that, mm -hmm. but they're sort of like complicated enough that it's not this sort of simple rock, paper, scissors type relationship that we're talking about here. Hmm. This actually leads me to one of the other things I want to talk about, because we were talking about very much the like fantasy type elemental systems, but and I, I'd have to do more research and maybe this, maybe there's actually another topic in this of like researching how like we went from Greek philosophy to alchemy to modern like chemistry, because I'm sure that's a very fascinating transition. Piss. But right. Sorry. Piss? Alchemy is all about <laughs> turning, gold. turning piss into gold because it's yellow. <laughs> Some, the top top mines of the yep. ancient world. There. Yeah, they're like, it's yellow. Yeah. It must be made out of gold. Sure, yeah, the tracks. I mean, we're using our senses. They didn't, they didn't understand all the invisible things going on that you can't use your senses with yet. I'll give them a, give them a little bit of forgiveness there. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. I wanted to get at the, like, you know, eventually we got into... You know, eventually our, our our understanding of the elements turned into like there are elements they're just not earth fire air and water or metal or whatever the hell else they're like oxygen and hydrogen and they're related to you know atomic nuclei and all that kind of jazz um which of course isn't quite so ripe for like cool game systems but there are some systems out there games and non-game otherwise that do kind of base themselves on like the real table of elements which i think is kind of interesting trevor you said you minecraft has it now I think that there's like a Minecraft educational edition where like you can combine elements in order to form like, you know, you can combine hydrogen and oxygen to get water, for example, things hmm. like that. I've never played it. I just ran across things like that when I was looking at the Minecraft wiki trying to understand stuff in like the actual game. Hmm. I've I've seen that I've seen that they have the periodic table elements. I have no idea how they work in the game at all. It's just like you just stick them together on the crafting table and make chemical compounds. I would have to imagine it's something like that. I'm I'm guessing that they probably don't have a sophisticated organic chemistry system that you can use in order to make cellulose in order to start constructing wooden tables. Could do your own biogenesis like inside Minecraft. That'd be great. Oh my right. god. You create sentient life inside of Minecraft. Turns out we're just a really hyper accurate Minecraft version six right now. We're here. And, we, uh, wow. and it and we're it's we're just in some ten year olds like mom's like dining room laptop <laughs> and it's a little known fact of the universe that any minecraft system will always given enough time uh produce a previous version of minecraft inside of it mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> simulations all the way down baby <laughs> crap 
but we were also talking about like literature and fantasy stuff and does, has who is anyone here read is it the mistborn yes books that have this yep it's mistborn um it's allomancy um allomancy. And it's basically yeah so the idea being that you can consume particular types well you being people who are born with this particular ability um can uh burn particular metals to get particular types of effects and there's like these groupings of um metals that have opposing effects like you can uh burn one particular type of metal in order to push things away from you hmm. and then there's another metal that you can burn to pull things towards you burn like, this... like set it on fire no so what happens is you actually consume this metal and sort oh, of no. have it inside of you and then you can sort of like burn it and use it up and then like the metal disappears and, so it's like uh, mana you, you, like, you eat some metal and it's like magical mana power that you then expend Yes, um, and the metals, like for the most part, are sort of like um, uh, com commodity metals. Like there's iron, there's tin, and mm -hmm. tin is also pretty toxic. So it's a good idea to burn it before you know you sort of goes into your system. So um, if you use it up quickly, you don't get poisoned by the lead or the mercury or whatever the hell else you're sticking inside you. Right, and this doesn't actually come up in the stories at all or whatnot. Oh, okay. But like there's like one of them. They're like they're talking about burning tin, and I'm like. I remember I had a friend who was doing a PhD in inorganic chemistry, and he was terrified anytime he had to deal with uh, tin in the lab. And I'm thinking, like, these are people that just sort of like swallow it, and they're like, "Yeah, now I can push on things from a distance, or maybe hear really well, or something like that." So and tin is toxic. Don't we use it in like everyday products? Or yeah. I guess they're alloys of tin, so it's no longer toxic or something. Uh, more or less but there's some things like for instance solder it's an alloy of tin and lead uh you, you don't want to consume that no, those really. are both no. pretty toxic Ooh. yes they are they're not good things that's the reason why actually why there's a big switch over and trying to use non-lead based uh solder. solder um although i think that the new compound that they use instead which isn't as sort of like structurally sound um i don't know if there's good evidence that it's any less toxic so. excellent from, you probably anyway, shouldn't just but, be eating metal in general, right? Yeah. I guess you need a little bit of but, iron. Just a little bit for your blood. Yeah. But anyway, you, you're going to like talking about the allomancy system. Um, and basically, that it's uh, one of Brandon Sanderson's series of books. And I'd say one of his greatest strengths as, as an author is coming up with very detailed and well-reasoned out systems of magic. Um, and the allomancy system is a good example of that. I think there's something like 14 forms of allomancy, and there's like these seven groupings with, you know, sort of like opposite effects, like push-pull. There's like... Um, Can any one allomancer use multiple types of metal? Ah, or are they stuck so with using just one? That that That's a core plot point. Um, typically what happens is that you have people who only have one of these abilities and so can only burn one particular type of metal. On the main so character. I'm a tin, I'm a tin bender. He could do everything. Yes. She. Oh. Um, although actually, I, yeah. Um, She's like the avatar? Yeah. Basically. Well, um, so, but anyway, like the people who can only burn one are usually known at like for whatever ability they have. And it's also like, apparently Sanderson came up with this magic system thinking, what would be cool abilities for people who were like, you know, in, you know, thieves and, you know, to have. So, for instance, the pushing one is called their coin shots. They can, like, send push metal away. And then um, I forget what the one that, like, pulls metal to you or something. Lurchers or something like that? Because hmm. maybe you get pulled to it as well. Yoinkers. Um, call them yoinkers. Yeah. Yes, definitely yoinkers. 
but the mistborn are the people who have the ability to burn all elements <gasps> or all all the metals um including uh what is this sort Uranium. of uranium <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say like what is gold one of them what does gold do i hope it does something really uh, cool yes gold is one of them i think um i think it gives you uh weird visions of like alternate realities or something like that it's actually not that terribly useful um i think um but god oh there's also like one sort of like god metal that allows you to sort of like predict the future and basically become unstoppable in battle while you're burning it um that kind of sounded like what gold was unless it's like platinum or something slightly better than gold no no it's a fantasy metal it's it's not a metal it's titanium i'm trying to remember Mm. yeah something like that comes out of a tree Um, with giant magic adium i think it's adium adium something like that i don't know i'd have to look Mm. it up but it only comes from the pits of so and so i forget the name doom yeah so anyway um but yeah he has a lot of systems like that and even in that book there's also two other uh systems of magic as well um there's uh hematology um and i think what was the other one um and then there's something where it's like you can infuse metals with particular abilities and then pull on them later. Hmm. I forget the name of that one particular one. But there's also correspondence between the metals that you can infuse with your you know, abilities and the metals of allomancy. So he's got this like complicated, you know, multiple overlapping series of, you know, magics that um So if know, I'm a tin wizard, I can only do the other thing with tin. So it's a different set of people who can do this other abil- set of uh, abilities um for or something it starts with an f it's like ferrochemy it's like kind of alchemy but it starts with an f and uh, it this is also the sort of thing where it's like i've only ever read these terms so i'm sure there's probably um some pr- correct pronunciation but it definitely gives rise to a certain lack of um uh eloquence when i'm trying to pronounce these terms or remember them from many years ago when i read these books mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's a good example of coming up with a really you know comprehensive system of magic using these sort of like core ideas and basic principles but it is a really complicated um hmm. magic system and like as they add more to or as sanderson adds more books to the series like he's revealing more about the system and more about these additional metals and more other things you can do with it um and i can give in all sorts of more information about it but i'm trying to avoid spoilers oh, okay okay mm. let's shift gears yeah. um are there any other examples of games or game systems that use like more like real life elements there's like no man's sky actually it's too bad andy's not here today right has anyone else played no man's sky yeah no man's sky's got, got right? some of that stuff right like when you dematerialize shit with your little gun it turns into like carbon or whatever you know whatever the main element of that thing is and then you can like use all those elements to make stuff um in your like weird hydrogenator whatever the hell spaceship thing (laughs) just break shit down into its elements and then use them as crafting materials right yeah i don't Mm -hmm. think it gets too much more complicated than that but it makes sense Hmm. i mean i guess um prey has like a very like simple version of that too like there's like a universal recycler where like you can just have like a whole bunch of stuff like the things you pick up in the world like a box of cookies and like a gun and other stuff that you just get because there's just stuff everywhere and you can put them all in there just and it just chuck it in the hopper it like spits out organic compounds and metals and stuff and then you can put them in the okay. universal assembler mm. and it like makes a thing out of it you know you put in it enough metals me of a... and carbon and whatever and it makes a gun 
<laughs> it reminds me of a really old and fun real-time strategy game called Total Annihilation. Hell yeah. Where, where there oh, were man. two resources in it. There was metal and there was energy. And that's it. Yeah. Yep. That's all that matters, baby. And you just made like tons of fucking robots and like ships and helicopters and yeah, yeah this, this it, best. It, it was a great game um it came out before starcraft and starcraft was a better game but this was a great game regardless it was and i had so, so much fun with that. complicated it's so much like, yes <laughs> it was complicated for no reason as well because <laughs> yeah. it's like okay you can build planes but now in the expansion you can also build seaplanes yeah. that are the same as planes but they can also land in yeah. water why is that important yeah, yeah, well, now you need to have like a a, a a plane carrier. You need to have an aircraft carrier ship, but you also got to have your other fifty types of ships. But like a lot of maps yeah. don't have water, but like there's mm-hmm. this huge tree of ships, and yeah. there's like fifty and different also, types of tanks and giant robots and all this other. It's so stupid. I loved it. And also, all of your aircraft had infinite fuel, so there was no reason for carriers in the first place because they could just sort of fly wherever and, you know, they're happy, happy to do it. And also, like, all of your land units, you'd have, like, you know, these, you know, tank-type units, and then you'd also have the exact same unit but on legs that was built by a different thing. (laughs) And it's like, okay, you you can build one or the other. Why? Why not? And and I remember, I think I played this game after... Starcraft come out because I'd heard it was, I was like oh I want to play more games like Starcraft mm-hmm. and I remember being very disappointed that there were no like right every player basically had access to all the units right yeah. like, there wasn't like yep. sides and I remember being very disappointed no, there were two that. sides there was core and what was the other one arm and didn't they have like very mirrored in arm it? yeah core and arm they were both very similar yeah, yeah okay but... kind of like the original like Warcraft one built Warcraft robots too. and the other built robots or like uh, the other most amazing strategy game Homeworld but they're exactly identical. They're just mirror. <laughs> they're just like different looks. <laughs> the ships look different. <laughs> Actually, I well, think they know, had even... like one different ship, right? Didn't each side have one different ship? Maybe not. Yeah, usually in those games, uh-huh. you, they would they'd have like one small, like one or two units that would be different. That's yeah. how like Warcraft used to do it. Homeworld is great, fun. but I I could never sort of jive around three dimensions and sort of like warping mm. around in that. Mm. So good. You know, it's funny, as far as elemental systems goes, it's basically goes to show that like all of these games had basically like one, one, two or three resources. Yeah. So yeah. now I'm picturing like all of these things being made of just those things. Like everything <laughs> in StarCraft is just blue minerals and gas to sort of like duct tape together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's all just minerals and whatever Vespine gas is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Just making um, stuff. Weird. Weirdly, it was Warcraft that had three because they added right. It was like gold, oil, wood, and Warcraft two. Oil. Oh, sorry. Yeah, two. Oil was yeah. was meant for all of the ships. Mm. Once again, yep. it had that weird issue with like ships were great except water was not depending on the map. Yeah, completely. And the other thing is that oil was only accessible from water. So yep. if it's like you ran out of oil and someone blew up your last ship, it's like, well, I guess I'm never building another ship on this no, island you could, map again. You could still build. You build the first type of ship and the ship. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. You're right. And then the collector ship can go collect oil. As far as I remember. No, I think I'm pretty sure you're correct. I was actually disappointed they took that out of Warcraft 3, that there was no naval stuff. Mm. Um, I mean, it makes sense from like a game design standpoint, right? Like you're going to have to design every map to have water in it. Or is there Mm -hmm. are you just going to not have a core component of your game design in a certain percentage of your maps? Just stick a little pond in every single <laughs> yeah one. right yeah i mean I, I remember like in earlier games like command and conquer red alert things like that there were like lots of naval units as well but they were only relevant in maps with water 
And the two sides had very, very different naval units. Like, um, I remember that, like, the good guys, whatever they were called, had, like, cruisers, which just fired freaking shells, like, three screens over. And the other side, they had submarines, which were good at destroying ships. And what else could they do? Well, they could destroy ships. <laughs> yeah, good. Like, <laughs> so it's like one side can actually take advantage of the water, and the other side can try to prevent the other side from taking advantage mm -hmm. of the water. That was it. That that that's one solution to like making uh, too much investment in this tech. Some beautiful asymmetric game design right there. Well, see, that's why I like Civilization, man, because the the naval stuff in that's great if they're if it supports it, and like different civilizations have different advantages in naval stuff. And like, because airplanes are really strong, but like they got to be within range of an airfield, which means you got to build an airfield next to like stuff that can do things. Then you got aircraft carriers and giant battleships and stuff. And you're like, oh, or nuclear submarines. You can put your nuclear submarines outside of everyone's major city and be like, listen, I got nukes trained everywhere. You got to be careful who you mess with. I always felt like those games like ended well before I got to the point where I could build aircraft or nukes. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like <laughs> if you're at the point so where like, you have okay. a whole bunch of submarines with nukes everywhere, like the game should have ended a long time ago. Like people should have like yeah. spent sent colonies to Mars or whatever. Or global thermonuclear arm again. Yeah, Either works. So there's also one other random thing I've been thinking about, and that's like all sorts of games that have these elemental systems and damage types and things like that that really have no business having these sorts of things. Hmm. And the prime example that comes to mind for me is Factorio, which for some reason <laughs> Factorio has, has elements? What? Factorio has damage types. What? It has like okay. electric and fire and like all this other stuff and poison. <laughs> and it's like there's there's no reason for any of this. It's like, okay, you have flamethrower turrets. They can do fire damage. Why does that have to be a different damage type than what your bullets do? Why does it have to be a different type of damage than what your lasers do? Well, uh, On the other hand, like though, it does make sense because Factorio needs a lot of spreadsheets. And, like, if mm -hmm. you aren't making it needlessly complicated, are you even playing Factorio, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh. But at the same time, there's no actual, like, mechanics. Like, these games, these damage the types there's are no, in the like, game, but they have no effects. I guess there's only, like, there's three no kinds of aliens in that game anyway. So, like, they probably just have hit points. And it's like, like I don't right. think it does anything. There's no, no, like, but they resistance. have different, okay, actually, they have different levels of armor to different things. But I don't think it varies based on, like, the, like, enemy type. And even if it does, it's like it's not the sort of game where you're going to have different types of enemies approaching from different directions. So like mechanically in game, there's no use to there being different damage types because it's not something you as a player can take advantage right. of. It's it seems like it's one of those things where like they implemented it in an early edition of the game with like grand plans in mind that they never got around to. And now they're just like, yeah, whatever, it's, it's not doing any harm. You know, that sounds as a programmer, I can say that that is something that I would absolutely do. You're like, yeah. I'm making I mean, my I... weapon thing. Like, okay, there's a fire damage. All right, that's a different thing. Whatever. Okay, sure, great. And then later on, yeah. it's like, what does this do? You're like, mm, you can do something with it. It's in there if you want it. Maybe. Yeah. And I can imagine it being used, like, maybe in modding or something, but I've never, like, combat has never been a very good part of Factorio. And so, like, making the combat more complicated with damage types, like, yeah. Anyway, that's just me sort of going off on a rant. I'm just. I'm curious if you're you have any other games that come to mind in terms of like unnecessary elemental or type systems. I wanted to actually extend the Factorio <laughs> analogy hilariously in their mods. And Trevor, I think you will remember this from terrible flashbacks to these really complex mods called the Angels and Bobs mods. Yeah. Where like it's like it turns Factorio into almost like a tactical realism engineering simulator. 
and like mm-hmm. the the petrochemical processing is completely wild like in the original factoria you have like crude oil you process crude oil to get light oil heavy oil and petroleum gas and then you use that stuff and whatever and that's a fairly you know it's a new mechanic and it, you have to do some fluid balancing stuff but it's like not super complicated uh let me look at my spreadsheet and see if i can find what the angels petrochem processing <laughs> is there's um i think somehow you get from crude oil to natural gas natural gas separates to raw gas and gas condensates you refine raw gas to natural gas liquids and acid gas you use gas fractioning to separate the natural gas liquids to methane ethane and butane you steam crack methane into methanol and residual gas and then you can synthesize propane from methanol and steam and then you use propane to make plastic and that's all that's that's the full chain you need to make plastic which is like a crucial element to like making like chips or anything <laughs> you have and that is the first chain. and simplest way of making plastic of which i think there are two maybe three other recipes for making plastic that are more efficient and way more complicated oh like in yep. real life you mean or in no the game? no in the game <laughs> oh, okay uh, this is based on real life though is that is that like the process that you would do in real life is that so, someone who's just sh- like the chemical engineer was like i'm putting this shit in factoria yeah Right. I'm pretty sure that like someone must have been taking a class in organic chemistry yeah. when they were sort of making this mod. They're just like, wow, steam cracking of methane into methanol. Bam. That's got a place. I kind of <laughs> love that that exists, but I would not want to play that. <laughs> Maybe I would. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? It's, it's a lot of work yeah. to get plastic. <laughs> I'm still periodically playing that mod with Eugene, but periodically is like once every three weeks or something like mm. that. And we're basically just sort of like, poke at the incredibly complicated systems, break something, fix it, and then we're done for the day and we've made no progress, but maybe we've moved something, you know, a hundred feet. <laughs> that was the last time I played my solo game of that was like I moved like all of my like ore uh whatever the thing is like where you like melt down slag to get the precursor to like any sort of ore it's like i just like okay i gotta move all this shit so i can put some like electro refining in there and it took me like two hours to move everything i'm like this is work i'm not doing this anymore <laughs> spending time on logistics excellent i mean it's a specific game design thing though like some of that stuff is really fun mm-hmm. but worth note just because you're bringing up those particular set of mods and we're still playing them for some reason, those mods like took this, like the fact that Factorio had damage types and was like, you know what? We're going to have technologies where you can associate your weapons with various elemental damage types. So you can make poison bullets, you can make electrical bullets, you can make fire bullets. Okay, so that Why? would be an interesting game design for that kind of game, right? Where you could have like almost like an ant trap where you put like a, a poison, you put like a, some sort of bacteria on the one little ant and he goes back to his like home and then kills the entire thing. Now, that would be sick. Sure. sure. Uh, but no, it's just like now your number is a different type of number that does the exact same effect to other people, yeah. but you've put in more time in order to unlock this technology and associate your bullets with this particular damage type. God, that game needs like some sort of like, unbelievably complicated ecosystem mod just so you could fuck it all up and blow it up <laughs> like <laughs> really 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 fleshed out environments with like herbivores and carnivores and things going on there and like like actual different types of animals and all these other things going on and mm-hmm. interacting with each other just so you could create your like horrible you know human society machinery to destroy the environment I was going to say, maybe the presumed uh, ecological statement that game is trying to make would hit a little better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The game comes with trees and it comes with fish. And Zerg. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I suppose the trees, they, fish, they and are, zerg. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Three basic elements. Yeah, those are the elements. <laughs> so I mean, that's kind of interesting though, because like from a game design standpoint, Factorio, like every little piece of that is kind of like an element, right? I mean, sure, there's the basic building blocks of everything you need to get your different types of metals, but that like branches off into the, all these different complicated pieces, right? Yeah, they're el they're elements in the way that we were talking about the Chinese system earlier yeah. like things you can make stuff with yeah i mean like when i think of that game and i think of elements i think basically of the raw materials that you can harvest and use to build things you know kind of going back to that vespine gas and minerals yeah. and so it's all about like iron copper uranium oil wood, uh rock wood rock it's like it right and, like five or six and ghost ghost type as well yeah. <laughs> ghost you can harvest ghost no, put it in your backpack they're type. very strong against rock types yeah. Rock, concrete. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Just they add in the mystic element to well, it. I mean, everything else in the world is made out of like four things, right? They got three quarks and a an electron, something like yeah. that. I mean, there's a lot more quarks out there, but there are different types of quarks. But every part, yeah. like most quarks, of the yeah. stuff, there are, there are the flavors, actual physical there are... stuff is made out of like three. <laughs> yeah. The um, quarks are quarks are great they have funny names yeah isn't one of them charm, charm quarks, quarks. Yeah, there's quarks, strange charm quarks. up and down as if that means anything yeah. yes there's like clockwise uh, and counterclockwise and patty cake and i don't know <laughs> i'm sorry i think i'm making them up now <laughs> the anti-clockwise anti-clockwise anti-counterclockwise yeah. but yeah basically it's all stupid and also then there's anti-matter as well so it's like an anti-charm yeah quark. Well, that's okay. where it gets like complicated too, because like there's anti protons and whatever, but some of them have like names that are the same. They sound like they could be a thing, but they're wrong. I don't know. It's dumb. Obviously, there's antimatter for almost everything. That's it. Yeah, that's a topic for another day. Yeah, we'll think about that uh, later. I'll do some more research on this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, it sort of goes back to that and sort of, you know, light and dark, uh, you know, elemental systems you were talking yeah. about before. Oh yeah, um, art imitates actually life, imitates art imitates antimatter. It's all it's all yeah, antimatter all the way down. Because <laughs> a lot of modern physics, modern particle physics, is based on a principle called supersymmetry. Um, and the basic idea of this is that, like, hey, matter and antimatter have to be pretty darn similar, and basically sort of just made of these complementary particles and whatnot. And the idea behind supersymmetry is that, like. Uh, and again, my physics education sort of burned out and I'm not great at it. So I'm just sort of like eff effectively regurgitating popular physics I read after the fact. But supersymmetry is like if you were to take antimatter, um, like put it through a mirror. So like, you know, you reposition it according to like, you know, 90 uh, some sort of rotation or symmetry flip or whatnot, and then run time backwards with that or something like that. You'd get the same result as if you took like regular matter, didn't do all those things, and ran it through forward in time. Basically, assigning these sort of like relationships, these symmetries between like matter and antimatter in these different particle systems. And like those are like basically the things that inform people to say, like, hey, I see this matter behaving in this particular way. So based on that, I'm going to posit that there's a corresponding antiparticle that behaves in this, you know, complementary way. Um, and that actually sort of led a lot of research in particle physics for the last couple of decades, as I understand it. So antimatter is traveling in it backwards in time? Is that what you're saying? No, no. It, it's not quite that. <laughs> um, um, I mean, like, there's this thing where it's, I mean, 
you'd have to do like these additional transformations as well and then run the time backwards and then it would be like the same or something like that, I think. And again, regurgitating popular science that I'm not super familiar with, so I could be completely wrong. Mm. Um, but yeah, also an interesting thing is that like our understanding of like the Big Bang and whatnot suggests that there should be basically equal amounts of matter and antimatter um, because again, of this sort of like these symmetry po- uh, hypotheses I mean, the fact that there's way more regular matter than antimatter, in fact, like we don't really see any large bits of antimatter anyway, is one of the sort of like many unknown problems in physics in terms of where where was this symmetry between matter and antimatter broken at this early stage of the universe? We don't really know. Yeah, I've seen that theory. And one of the theories is that approximately the same amount of matter and antimatter were created, except there was just ever so slightly like like a billionth more uh, like like right like uh, of 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 regular matter, and so uh-huh. all all the the nine hundred ninety nine millionths annihilated each other, and all the matter that's left mm-hmm. in our universe is just a billionth of what was actually created at the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's like a mm-hmm. wild, wild idea. Yeah, it's possible, but then the question becomes: Okay, so why did the Big Bang produce a non-even amount of matter and antimatter? Because now you're breaking the symmetry in a different way. Because like those initial ratios weren't one to one. Yeah. I guess I don't know. I don't know enough about how antimatter would react with like. How do you? How do you look at something like say even an entire galaxy that's a bajillion light years away from us and be like, that's made of matter, rather than antimatter? Well, it would be like it's emitting. Good question. Oh, no, I don't know. I guess antimatter still emits photons, right? I don't know. <laughs> emitting anti photons. Think you have anti anti radio waves. I don't fucking know, man. Shit. Yeah, it's beyond my. I think, yeah, we're we're well we're talking well above our paper at this point. <laughs> Just a little bit. I dropped out of art school, yeah, man. Better, I don't know. <laughs> It was a lot better when we were talking about made-up bullshit that the Greeks just thought up while sitting around and spotting each other on the bench press. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> let's spot each other. We're going to go get swole. We're going to get our brain right. swole and our arms swole together. And our hearts. Yeah, on my heart. I don't want my heart to be swole, please. My heart will be normal size, please. Metaphorically yeah, swole. Metaphorically swole. My metaphorical heart will be swole as fuck. Ripped. And Roushi's, yoked. Roushi's heart grew zero sizes that day. Yeah. Thank God. The grid. <laughs> hey, do we need a break? Well, I guess we <laughs> should yes. take a break. See you guys on the other side. Let's take a break. Let's just skip it this week. Oh, never. We never skip Cut it. Cut to credits. That was done. <laughs> we made that, that's a lie. It's a rhetorical question you're obligated to. It's in the contract. Ah, shit. <laughs> this is what I get for never reading the yeah. fine print. You don't want to know what happens when you uh, fail to check this out. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's in the contract. Yeah, you break your legs. You get your nose cut <laughs> off. Like, what's his face in that movie, Chinatown? <laughs> Okay. Anyway, hey, I'm going next. I want to recommend <laughs> Disco Elysium. It's a game that came out a while ago. It's really fun. It's great. It's a game where you're a placeman in like a weird dystopian 1950s thing, sort of. 
60s? I don't know. You're a disco man. Didn't we do this? We've done <laughs> this. <laughs> Sounds very We've familiar. That was the intro. <laughs> I don't even remember. I thought yeah, that was like was a pre-show banter recording? there. Okay, anyway. Hey, there's a game that I talked about in the beginning. I'm going to tell you to play go. that game again <laughs> now. You should play that game. Buy it. Buy Disco Elysium, the final cut. It has voice acting for everything. It's real great. Talk to yourself or don't. Uh, I can go. Um, I found an app recently called Hello Talk. It's like a language learning app. Um, but the interesting, interesting thing about it, it's basically like a language learning social media site. So other people using it are posting and allowing native speakers of the language they're learning to like look at their posts and like correct them. And there's a bunch of other kind of layers of stuff going on. Uh, so it's pretty interesting. It allows you to sort of like I, I can connect with people like say in Japan who want to learn English and vice versa. Oh. Um, it's got some other tools like some direct translationing stuff that it can do and um, a couple of ways to like learn learn actual like like do like drills and stuff with the with vocabulary words. But the strongest part, of course, is the connections with the real people. So it's really neat. It's called Hello Talk. That sounds really cool. Is that is that free? Is it a paid service? What's going on? It's got like a, a, a very hobbled free version mm-hmm. and it's aggressively trying to get you to subscribe to the not free version. Of is course. it like a subscription fee or is it like a one time and you're done thing? There's uh, it's complex. Of course it is. Monetization. <laughs> it's got like it's got like multiple services uh, and multiple partnerships, I mm-hmm. think. I think like it's I think its main thing, like Hello Talk's main thing is the social media site. And then the they partnered, I think, with the other group that does the like flashcard type system. And I think you can pay for the flashcard system, a one-time, like, lifetime thing, which is very expensive, Ooh. 150 bucks. Oh, but, um, yeah, uh, it's 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 still usable with the free version, I found. Um, but, you know, I, I would I would give it a shot and see whether or not it's worth it to you to subscribe or not. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> I eventually pointed up and paid the whatever-the-fuck Rosetta Stone big honker thing, mm-hmm. but... Um, I'm always on the lookout for supplemental materials because I think Rosetta Stone is really good for like a certain type of learning, but obviously it's it's only one one facet. You need you need a lot of other stuff to go with it. Yeah, this one's nice because it's going to help you. Like people will give you feedback on being like, yeah, that's technically correct, but it doesn't sound natural. Say it this way instead; mm-hmm. it sounds more natural. You know, that kind of stuff, or like just that you were totally wrong and you say this instead. Yeah. All right, I can go next. Uh, so my hey, check this out this week is vaccines. Although hopefully by now, uh, since there's a bit of a delay between us recording and this being released to the world, um, by now, if you're in the United States, uh, hopefully you're eligible for a vaccine. Uh, I managed to finally get mine this last week, um, and it was also an excellent opportunity for me while I was waiting in car line to finally start reading to some of the Audible books that I've purchased with my credits that I've never actually used. so it was a great opportunity to start listening to The Stand by Stephen King, where the basic premise is that the world has been destroyed by an out-of-control variant of the flu, I believe. Oh, wow. Um, so um, although I only managed to get through like the sort of introductory uh, talk, uh, which was, you know, like, a, you know, the prologue, but also before that, a foreword by the author um, in which he was talking for a while about this new and, you know, updated released version with additional content that was previously cut from the previous version of the stand and then eventually got the point and now that i'm re-releasing this book in 1989 and i'm like oh wow this book's old but anyway it's good i got my vaccine too first shot um at two o'clock in the morning this guest last night sucks well that's nice it's nice that you got it sorry it sucks (laughs) it's two in the morning Probably for you and That's for the I was 
poor bastard that had to administer the shot. Uh, <laughs> why was some... it two o'clock? Was it an appointment or what? Yeah, yeah, and that's that was like I could that was how I could find a very very soon appointment mm. was by choosing an inconvenient time at one of these twenty four hour places. Oh. It's like a New York City oh, okay. thing. Cool. Uh, my partner got his at like three a.m. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I was actually supposed to get mine at twelve thirty. They had to delay it because their system went down at twelve or mm. something. I don't know. Anyways, I have shot number one. My arm hurts. Nice. But I'm happy. I'm told it's shot number two yeah. that kicks your ass, or doesn't. Some people don't. I still, yeah, I still I feel not great today. Still pretty tired, and I'm actually surprised I was able to keep it together for the podcast. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I, I got the Pfizer vaccine. I had a little bit of a sore arm. I also slept and napped for a lot longer a couple of days afterward. And I'm like, I don't know if it's the shot or if I'm just tired because I'm typically a pretty tired mm. guy. So who knows? Your body's real busy transcribing yeah. mRNA. Yeah. Yep. Takes a lot out of you. I hate transcribing. <laughs> it's boring. I write this thing. A-T-C-G-Z-Z. Yeah. <laughs> freaking four basic letters and that's all you got man i could not imagine being some shitty monk and your tired life's work it's just copy like one religious text over and over and over (laughs) yeah and then someone invents a printing press and makes your job pointless (laughs) so miserable or like a fire breaks out and all of the copies that you made are gone in like 10 minutes my life's work yeah, and on top of that, like they didn't just copy, like they spent huge amounts of time like prettying up like the, you know, first letters and chapters and things like that, all those decorations. Well, that's, that's nice. Actually, those are some of my favorite those are some of my favorite things to look at in like museum exhibits from that time mm-hmm. period. Other people like to look at like armor or whatever, and I'm like, I've seen lots of this stuff. But I've like, seen a world of work. Yeah, the shoulders aren't they're yeah. not big enough. I've seen the shoulder pads. Ms. <laughs> bigger shoulder um, pads. Where's the cod piece? Like the dictionary. Dictionary? I don't know. Wing. Wing <laughs> of the museum. Illuminated... <laughs> illuminated manuscripts. Illuminated manuscripts are one of the yes, coolest yes. things to look at. Uh both both like um uh I guess like from Christian monks, but also Islamic illuminated manuscripts are also very beautiful. Mm. Yep. So so in conclusion, check out vaccines. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wow, what a winding road we took. <laughs> All right. For something completely different, I'm gonna do my usual recommend a thing that is only tangentially related to the topic <laughs> but continuing from last week i'm going to recommend a rare sega genesis game called light crusader it's like a sort of western style rpg actually kind of more of an action rpg and the reason i bring it up is kind of has an interesting uh, elemental magic system where you have i think the main elements are again like fire air earth and water and then you can you kind of uh accumulate some stocks of those and you can kind of combine them to cast spells like you know fire and earth is the earthquake spell or something like that or like magma something or other um so yeah that's kind of cool cool soundtrack old school sega genesis game light crusader Sega Genesis man that had the real fucking sick sound chip the sick bass yes frequency modulation so it's called oh my god i didn't know it had Mm -hmm. a bunch of interesting weird games Sega channel. Tell your friend. <laughs> Are we done? Are we done? Right. Credit, no, <laughs> credits, it's the credits time. Yeah, it's credits time. I'm directing. Yeah, it's, it's their credits Twitter time. Twitter time. Hey, where can people find you, assholes? Where can people find your assholes? I, I guess I'll go. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at the Brendo. I'm also on Twitter at Hexbringer. And I'm on Twitter at Redhesion. Also, 
soundcloud.com slash adhesion and adhesion.bandcamp.com. You can contact with all of us. Team Red Mars at Team Red Mars on Twitter, redmars.com, redmars.h.io. Dab. <laughs> he just dabbed in, in the video. Yeah. For I just, I Hello, for fellow audio. children. So audio. I'm sure dabbing is already old. What do children do now? Reply to us at teamrmars.com and tell us what the children do now. I think they, I think they lap dance on the devil. No, that's an old man. He's an old man. The music video is absolutely incredible. By the way, it's breathtaking. I love it. I saw it. I, I it was a disbelief. Yeah. I, I would like to know about um, a list of how many pearls were clutched when they discovered that this video exists. Anyway, I know. Yeah. Yeah, there's a great Onion article. I, well, I assume it's a great Onion article. I only saw the headline, but it was pretty great, um, where it's like um, conservative Christians offended by the idea that Satan may be homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Jesus. Um, um, this episode was edited by Andrew Ford and uh, the music in all of our episodes also by Andrew Ford. We're putting this, we're putting this one down. Yes. <laughs> it's time it's time and to end. Patri, yes spirit descent amen <laughs> <laughs> it is easter right? is it easter today oh my afraid. god you're right oh, it is oh happy easter everybody <laughs> they're not gonna listen to it at easter it's gonna be like four months from now we should like take that snippet and put it in our episode four episodes ago or three episodes there however many ahead we are hey, it may be yeah, too it's late, too late. It's a, you try we're screwed, we're screwed dude Wait, that's right. Anyways, we would be I'm too s- late because it. It's <laughs> coming on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Oh my God! Whatever. Who knows? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Nothing matters. This episode's over. Okay, goodbye. But, but if we made the episode out of antimatter <laughs> and put it through a mirror, we can, we can use tachyons to go backward in time. And I am slowly lowering too. the pillow over this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. We're done. Goodbye. Say goodbye, everybody. Right, bye. 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 bye.